Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to my podcast. I'm Angela Stranger. Your host is here. I've actually not been here for a little while, so it's kind of good to be back. (laughs) Okay, it's good to be back. Uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, so I've been trying to finish, uh, to the 100th episode, and today is the 97th episode. By the way, you guys, if you ever went back for some weird reason and counted my episodes, it is not going to round up to 100 because some of the episodes that I have published, uh, I took down due to audio quality, um, or some other kind of reason, so you're not going to actually find all 100 podcast episodes on the podcast, but I did record them and I did do them, so I'm counting them, uh, but yeah, that's why if you count them, it's not gonna add up. Uh, yeah, I'm back, so we're gonna enjoy this episode, hopefully, learn something new. Alright, so, these last four weeks have been really crazy in a really bad way, uh, and it's been really hard for me, but I think it's okay, because part, something we're gonna talk about today Uh, I did explain in the power of the mind, like, something that had been going on with me, like, the anxiety attack that I had, um, and the panic and how actually my body, my nerves were all messed up and stuff. I'm doing better. I also got sick on top of that, uh, and so it was really hard for me to get through that. It was, it was really difficult, but, um, I did, praise the Lord. Uh, it was really difficult, and I'm still recovering, uh, so thank you for any prayers that you guys prayed for us, me and my family, um, we, I really appreciate those, um, and if you can, it would be great if you still prayed for us, because we're still trying to recover, still going through an interesting time, and I'm still trying to recover from the random anxiety that hit me, uh, I've never been a very anxious person, I never had to deal with anxiety all that much, um, okay, yes, I used to when I was really insecure and stuff, but it was never, like, anxiety to the point where I was afraid to come out of the house, and I had, like, a paranoia. Anyway, I don't really want to talk about this today. I'm just trying to, I really honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I'm trying to defend myself because I tend to, I personally tend to, when someone talks about how they have anxiety and they struggle with this and that, and I don't understand, I tend to be like, ah, you're such a baby (laughs) like not always okay not always but sometimes I'm just like you really just gotta man up or or woman up or whatever you are up and uh I don't know choose to live you know recover it's a choice you know to be happy like all those things that I've said before but then when it really comes down to it like when you go through it it's different than saying it right and I gotta call myself out for that I do say a lot of stuff on this podcast a lot of things like yeah, you just gotta remember this verse, you know, but when it really comes down to it, it's really hard. It's really hard to, um, your mind is a very powerful place, and it's a place that oftentimes feels like it's controlling itself, and you can't, it's, it's very hard to reprogram that, and so I just, I'm just putting it out there. I say a lot of things, and I definitely try to put everything I say into this hard time, of course, um, and the only thing that really helped me get through this was trusting in the Lord, because nothing else could have helped me, uh, or, like, saved me, anyway, 
what am I talking about? I'm just saying, this is anxiety that I have not dealt with ever before, and it is extremely hard, one of the most difficult things I've ever dealt with, because literally living is just scary. <laughs> when you, your mind is in a state of paranoia, as mine was in, and still is kind of, literally everything in the world is deadly, and you're afraid of it all, and you don't even understand why, because it's never happened to you before, but because of the sensitive nerves, your nerves are all, yeah, and, and everything, like, so basically what I'm trying to say is that if you have not gone through something, then maybe don't judge someone else who has gone through it, and that's something that I definitely need to learn as well. I've, I've been through a lot of, like, minor things where it was, like, kind of it, and I got a taste of something, but I didn't actually go through it all that much, but, like, for instance, I have been anxious before, I've had nerves, I've been afraid, uh, I've been, I've had social anxiety, like, you know, it, but it's never been so bad as this, where it's just scary, everything's scary. So, if you are going through something somebody else might not understand, and if you are not going through something and someone else is, you might not understand, and, and just don't, don't judge someone on that, okay? And I'm not saying that in a way, like, don't judge people, but I'm saying it in the way, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I should even put this in the podcast, okay? Just, I've been going through this, and it is very hard, and so it just makes me have a new perspective for someone else who might say they're dealing with anxiety because now that I've gone through it I can understand how difficult this could be and how hard it actually could be to do regular life stuff and how hard it is to overcome it rather than to just keep running back to the comfort that you can find instead you got to put yourself out there and so I'm just trying to give your guys a different perspective or light that like I could not necessarily feel for someone else who had these anxiety attacks or this anxiety but now that I went through it I can have a better understanding of what they're going through and see that it is a real thing that someone deals with and I think a problem in in our minds and in mine as well I'm not gonna pretend that I don't do this I do is that we oftentimes seem to underestimate something someone else is going through where we're like yeah, it's fine. You'll be fine, you know? And, like, with the anxiety, my mom keeps telling me that I'm going to be okay because she's went through this and everything. And so she knows for sure that I'm going to be just fine because everything that I'm freaking out about is irrational. But it's real to me. So, for somebody who doesn't understand, they could look at me and be like, you're going to be just fine. Like, don't be such a baby, you know? But for me, it's like... I've been talking about this too long. <laughs> Alright. Now, I guess let's get to the point. <laughs> Alrighty. I'm done talking about that now. I don't know why I spoke about that. But anyway, I have some things planned for the podcast. I did like a hymn, like a song comp compilation the other week. And I didn't edit it or anything. And I just don't know if I should publish it or not. I just don't know, okay? I don't know. I was going to add, like, harmonies to it and stuff, but at this point, I just 
don't know if I want to do that anymore. We'll see. I'll have to decide. I think I told you guys on a blog post that I was going to do that. So if I said I was going to do it, I probably should do it. Anyways, though. Uh, today I decided to do a chapter in John because I've just been going through the Gospels um, in my private Bible study. Actually, no, I've just been going through John. Uh, and so... I wanted to do it because the things that I had written down planned for the next couple episodes just are boring and I don't really want to do them. So I was like, I really like chapter 15 and John, let's just do that. Uh, it's about the true vine. And if you guys have listened to my podcast, you know I've talked about the fruit of the spirit many times. <laughs> but the true vine chapter talks about it a little bit differently <laughs> so we're no longer trees we're vines <laughs> but don't worry i'll add it in okay so ch- chapter 15 of john is starts with i guess i'll just read it i'm the true vine this is jesus talking and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may be, that it may bear more fruit. So, <laughs> this might take a little bit. Okay. Uh, so, he says clearly that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So, there's an argument between people about can you lose your salvation or not. I don't think that's. I don't think it matters. If you're truly following Jesus, you don't need to worry about losing your salvation. So there's no point in arguing about it because if you couldn't lose your salvation, then that wouldn't give you such a drive to live for Jesus, right? But if you can lose your salvation, like the idea that you should live according to Jesus' commandments or commands or or will uh, is more prominent. So I think that might be why there's no solid answer necessarily in Christianity, like whether or not you can lose your salvation. Because sometimes it says that no one can pluck you from his hand, right? No one. Or you cannot be separated even by death. Like nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. But then it says that if you do not bear fruit, you can be removed from the tree or the you know, so it says two different things. Not that it's contradicting itself. The living word of God does not contradict itself. It's perfect. Uh, but as humans, we can't always understand exactly what is being said. And also, spiritual things don't always fit in the material world. So it's like sometimes we can't understand. But I don't. I've talked about losing your salvation before, okay? But I don't think we need to be worrying about losing our salvation. We need to be focusing on how can we serve the Lord with our lives and please Him with our lives rather than wondering how far can we go without losing our salvation. Uh, so you see the difference in the perspective. How how much can we serve Jesus versus how least can we serve Jesus with st- still not, um, you know, losing our salvation. I have to go take care of my dog because my dad is on a Zoom call and he's barking.
Okay. <laughs> Back to it. Um, so, he says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. It's very clear enough. If you don't bear fruit, you're, the farmer's gonna take you and throw you in the trash. Like, you know, you're useless. So, fruit is, if you've not heard this before, like, this is a big part of Christianity for me. Like, it's something I really focus on, something I like, try to strive to have daily and pray that the Lord would help me as the fruit of the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians, no, wait, Galatians, Galatians, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, lists the fruit of the, I hope it's Galatians, if I got it wrong, whatever. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, and I've talked about this a lot, I keep repeating myself, I'm sorry, it's been a while since I did this, and I've never been good at it, but okay. For his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, some people argue that it's just love, and then it consists of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. But anyway, these are like attributes or character, you know, that one should have or grow to have or strive to have as a Christian. Um... And so this is the fruit. What else I think fruit represents and the fruit of the Spirit represents is the works you will do in your life. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that works are not what gets you to heaven. You cannot get to heaven by serving people or, or giving money to the church or to poor people or, uh, you know, sewing socks for people. No, that's not how you get salvation. Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ, right? But then I always, I don't always say this. I recently started saying this because I've just been trying to figure it out. And I think I've kind of figured out an idea that I would believe in. And that's that salvation is not one thing. It's a two-part idea. And not idea, thing. Because not it's not an idea, it's a thing. Anyway, Jesus even talks about it. He talks about how the sower or the yeah, he went out to plant seeds, and he planted seeds, and some of the seeds fell on the side, and, and some of them fell in the weeds, and fell, in the, yeah, on the rocky ground. So, the seed will can be planted and accepted into the ground. And I love how Jesus makes these stories for us, so that we can compare, like, spiritual things to nature, or to things that we can see and understand. Like, for instance, the other week, I was planting peas in our garden. So, you take this little dry, dead pea, and you put it in the dirt, and you cover it up. And then, so that's the seed, like, okay, that's the the gospel. You put it in the dirt, and you put it into someone's heart, and it's there. And they can accept it. The ground can accept it, and it can start to grow. But in order for it to grow, it needs to be watered. It needs to be watered, and it needs nutrients from the soil. If the soil is bad, it's most likely going to get starved. If there's no water, it's going to dry up and just die. So, in order for a seed to actually grow, it needs water, it needs nutrients, it needs sunshine once it gets out of the ground. And then, it needs to be tended and taken care of and still watered as it grows, but not overwatered. I'm sure you can't get overwatered in Christianity. But anyway, so then it starts to grow and it becomes this little pea plant and it's going to grab onto the little wood that you place there so it can, it's a vine and it's going to, gives you some peas but only if you take care of it and you you feed it and you water it and there's sunshine you know like if you have a pea plant in antarctica probably won't grow 
but I'm not a very good gardener, so I wouldn't necessarily know if that's completely true or not. So, then it bears fruit, or it, it gives you peas. It gives you peas to eat, and they're fun, because you, you open them up, and there's little peas inside, and you pop them in your mouth, and it's very satisfying, and they're yummy. And, and you have fruit, but if your pea plant grows, but doesn't give any food, and it's kind of like shriveled up and dying, like, what are you going to do with that? Like, you're either going to tend to it, and allow it to grow back, but if it dies, you know, it's not giving any fruit for a while, and you're like, well, that's going in the trash, or the compost bin, you know, that's, that's a picture that God gives to us. If you have received salvation into your heart, and you have you have allowed it into your ground, into your soil. Now it needs to be watered. It needs to be watered. It needs sunshine. It needs light. It needs nutrients. And in order to do that, you have to get the water, the living water. That's Jesus. How do you get Jesus? You read your Bible because it's a personal letter and storybook and comfort and everything like there are so many different resources inside of the bible it's amazing there's like wisdom there's stories sometimes i just that's why i'm in john right now is i'm just reading it because i miss jesus i miss seeing and hearing the things that he had to say i miss watching his gentle spirit as he um like interacts with people who hate him with people who love him with people who don't know him at all but need him like i love to see that and and sometimes when i am in different books and in different areas in the bible i don't get to see jesus so i like personally like actually hear his words as he spoke them on earth to people obviously god speaks through the entire bible but sometimes it's hard to tell because it's just like instructions on how to build the temple but it's all inspired and it's the living word of god it is the food we need i just i just blinked my mind blinked it's the food we need and without it you cannot bear fruit you cannot bear the love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness jealousy and self-control and what else the fruit represents and without that fruit, you are not living out your decision on accepting salvation. So, the two-part idea, not idea, the two-part salvation is to accept the, that Jesus came down and saved you. And to call, you know, all the normal gospel stuff to accept his salvation. And number two is to live it out in your life. Because he lived for you, so now you live for him. Your life is no longer yours, it is his. You're taking up your cross, you know. You're following him. You're following his commandments. You're abiding by, you're abiding in him. And he's going to talk about that more. But, um, if you don't bury the fruit, like, check your attitude. Check your character. Are you striving to bear the fruit? Or are you busy being defensive in your life? to the point where you're self-centered and you don't your eyes are no longer on what Jesus wants you to be or on Jesus who you need to be like but instead you're just too busy with your like um I don't know whatever you're busy with are you entitled to something to the point where you 
been blinded and you can no longer show the love, but instead you are bitter and resentful. And you feel entitled to something that somebody maybe did to you, you know? And you're so busy thinking about that that you forget that the idea of us being here is to show the love for one another, not resentment. Or maybe you're just so stuck on something that you want to accomplish in life that you're just too stressed out to even experience the peace and joy that the fruit is, you know? Like, there are so many interesting... There's so many things in life that you can get so distracted. But as a Christian, we are supposed to bear fruit. We are supposed to have the peas, you know? Or whatever you want to be, a strawberry, I don't care. It's just... I feel like so many people are forgetting that we are supposed to bear this fruit. We are supposed to be vines and trees abiding in Him, the, the true vine. Meaning that he's the central vine and we are just a little vine off of him, you know. Or we're a tree. He's a tree and we're just those little branches, you know. And it's springtime and, and you're going to see those little leaves and everything. We're just those little things. They're the little itty bitty things that we need to grow. But are you allowing yourself to grow by watering daily and, and eating spiritually it's a hard thing to do, but otherwise you're starving and you're not give, bearing the fruit we are commanded to bear. Without the fruit of the Spirit, without that, and without the uh, like goal of becoming more like Jesus and serving Him and, and using our lives for Him, life is meaningless. Life is pointless. If you look into other ideas that are being accepted like new age and uh, I, don't, I don't remember what it's called there's also naturalism and humanism they're gonna see that none of them believe in supernatural they believe in chance maybe and chemical processes uh the fact that i mean the idea that it could be just an illusion that we're here mm, the uh belief that despite man's best efforts chance will just thwart those efforts and life becomes meaningless you can see that with anything like if we're all just gonna die what's the point of life well it really comes down to just pleasing your own self and that it doesn't fit with other people when you're so self-centered like you can't serve others there's no harmony anymore and there's no peace anymore and so it just becomes this chaotic society that we're living in right now. And it's still meaningless because at the end of your life, you're going to die. And what are you going to have? I don't know. Maybe you have a nice car. Who cares? That's not going to mean anything, anything good in heaven, right? So, mm. my back hurts. I need to stretch. I've been so dormant the last couple of weeks okay anyway so fruit is a very necessary component in the christian life and i only got into like two verses <laughs> i feel like my pastor he always does that okay and then he says and every branch that bears fruit he prunes 
that it may bear more fruit. <laughs> if you don't know what pruning is, which I don't know in specific detail what pruning is that much, because I'm not a gardener. I don't like to garden. I, I don't care about gardening as of right now. I mean, planting those peas was kind of fun, but anyway, pruning is usually, as much as I know, is when you like cut off the ends of a bush or tree or plant uh, and I don't know why and I should have looked it up because it probably would have corresponded quite nicely with this look up pruning after this okay just look it up for me so that I don't have to <laughs> I mean I probably should as well because that way I'll know better but I know pruning has to do with cutting things off and and like cleaning up a plant by cutting the dead parts off or something or just cutting it off so it can bear a, a, like a fresh branch or something but I know it involves cutting and I know cutting hurts and so I read this and I was like okay yeah like when you have a good plant and you want it to grow more like the farmer takes care of it and prunes it and and does whatever needs to be done and th that's not always fun it doesn't always feel great especially when you're the plant like in this last month i feel like i the one i'm the bush that's been pruned and it hurt and it's hard and it feels not good but in the end it's going to help me be better right it's going to make you um bear more fruit as it says here so remember this in the hard times that when a when a someone bears fruit god won't just ignore that or god won't be satisfied with that and you shouldn't be satisfied either i heard once that as a christian you should never be comfortable or satisfied with the state you are in you are you should always strive and want to be better and grow more and be more like Jesus and serve more people and use your life more efficiently for good. You should never be comfortable in the position you are in and you should never be satisfied with the spiritual state that you are in. Now, I'm not saying you should not be content. Paul says to be he learned to be content in any state he was in. That's a different type of satisfaction where you know that the Lord will provide for you and you're just going to accept that where you are right now is the best thing for you because that's what we trust the Lord to do because that's what he promised. But meaning that you are not going to get comfortable and just stay in the place that you are and not grow anymore or, or branch out or help more people like in that kind of situation or like that concept where you should not grow comfortable with where you are but you should strive more and more to grow closer to the lord and more like him every day um i don't think i'm gonna get to any other verses today oh wait actually i might Okay, okay, hold on. Now I have to decide what I'm going to do because I have notes here, but I don't have enough time for it. Mm-hmm. Nobody mean bears much fruit. Let's just read and I'll decide what I'll do. 
you, verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So we can only bear fruit if we are abiding in Christ. Are you abiding in Christ? I am the vine, not me, Jesus is. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them to throw them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Alright, so I'm just going to do that section today because obviously I don't have enough time for anything else. I, I always do this, okay? I already left off the last section though because I know me well enough. Alright. So, in another place, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15, which I will flip over to. Chapter 3. Paul says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as though as through fire. So, my pastor says this. He says, our works will be as... Um, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble, or straw. Um, and our works will be burned with fire. And I don't know if it's going to be actual fire. It's just like a representation. They will be tested, and they will go through the fire. Um, and the fire will test each one's work, so it will test all of my works, and all of yours, good and bad, and everything that is wood, hay, and stubble, will burn, meaning those are the useless works, um, and all the good works will not be burned by the fire, and they will, they will be rewarded, because it will go through, you know, and here it says that one, if one's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so is through fire, so he, Let's say he didn't bear very much fruit, and the fruit wasn't very good, and it got burned by fire, but he was still saved. So, it is, I don't think it's our place to decide if somebody else is saved or not. Actually, the Bible says that it's not our place. Um, and I don't think it's our place to decide whether someone else can lose their salvation or not. As for you, if you're worried you're going to lose your salvation, then... Stop worrying about losing your salvation and tend to it. Tend to your fruit. Water yourself. Or have Jesus water you by seeking him. One thing I was going to say, I'm sure I've said it before, is that reading the Bible is interesting. Because as children, it's very hard and everything. And you know how as kids, all we want to eat is the good stuff. We just want to have the candy. We just want to have the junk food. But our parents, knowing that that's not healthy and hopefully being wise and telling us to eat our vegetables and everything, like, 
they will feed us what we don't like to eat and we don't like eating it, but it feeds our body and it keeps us healthy. Well, reading the Bible, I feel like many people are the same way as children. And Paul says this, that he they do not eat the meat of the Bible, right? Or they just, they're still babies drinking milk. But I like to say this as candy, you know, and people like to read the candy parts of the Bible that are easy, you know, and encouraging and nice to read. They like it to say what they want it to say, and they like to read the parts that are easy and, and nice. But there are many parts of the Bible other than that that still need to be read even though we might not understand why or they need to be read because they're still the living word of God and there's still something God put in the Bible you think God would know what he was doing right and so he put those in the Bible so we should read them um but here's the thing here's the thing that I'm going to say in the first place that just because you don't remember what you ate for breakfast last week, maybe, it still fed you, still kept you alive, right? So even if you read something and you can't recall what you read, it still fed you that day. You need it daily. It's the daily bread, right? So daily, you need to seek God and read this. And, and even though it might be some bland mashed potatoes, it still gives your body the energy, your spiritual body. Like, you know, and... I don't want to be disrespectful calling the Bible boring at times, but it is because we are sometimes very overstimulated. And so reading the, and maybe even not that, it's just not that fun to read about, I don't know, guys going to war and killing each other. Like that's not that much fun, but it's history. And there's a picture, there's a bigger picture that we can't see. It's like a puzzle. Like some of the puzzle pieces in a puzzle are very boring. But they're crucial to the entire picture. Like, you know how when you build a puzzle, like, if there's a piece missing, you get kind of ex upset or maybe a lot of upset because the picture is not complete. It's, it's, not, it's not finished. You can't go without that piece. The, puzzle, the picture can't be completely seen without that piece. But imagine the piece was just a, a gray piece of concrete in the picture. And it's not that pretty all by itself. But altogether, it is very crucial. So you see what I'm saying. Just because something might have not been all that in remarkable when you read it, or all that entertaining, or all that comforting necessarily when you read it, it can still be a very crucial part of your spiritual diet, okay? And do not starve yourself because then you cannot bear fruit. All right. Now, as for the burning of the works... I think this will be the last thing I talk about, but um, he says that the works will go through the fire. And in other places in the Bible, if you read the Bible thoroughly, you know what I mean. Anyway, if you've read before, there are other parts in the Bible that talk about being tested with fire as well. And it is not just our works, but it can also be us spiritually. And I feel like that's what I've been having having done to me the last four weeks is being spiritually tested by fire my faith and my trust in the lord because there's nothing else i can do so the only way that i can calm down is by 
trusting that the Lord will take care of me and that there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, even though my body and mind and flesh is in a state of paranoia. I am better, but I'm not completely recovered yet. Uh, but I just see this as being... You know, there, there's that song, I want to be tried by fire, purified, you take whatever you desire, Lord, here's my life. Like, things are purified by fire. If you if you look into um, how they purify metals and, and precious stones and they purify elements, they, they purify it by burning it at thousands of degrees or whatever and melting it down and making it liquid and then taking that liquid and forming it into something else. There, that's the same concept of God taking care of us. He's going, if we allow him to, he will take us. Maybe we're just a big lumpy block of, of what's it called, carbon? Wait, that's what diamonds are, right? Carbon? But diamonds are created differently, so don't... Uh, anyway. Maybe we're just a lump of some kind of weird element and we're just not that great and not that useful in the state that we are in. But then we can turn to him and we can be like, oh Lord, you use me, you know, change me, change my character so that you can use me for the things that you need. Maybe you need a fork and I can be your fork. And he's going to be like, great, I really, I really could use a fork, yes. And I, I could make a fork out of somebody else or I could make a fork or I could go to the store and buy a fork, but... You are my piece of metal, and you have, uh, I saved you from someone smashing you into a horseshoe, and <laughs> I always get really detailed when it comes to this, okay? And he's gonna be like, but I love you, and I want to use you, and you have allowed me to use you, so I'm going to, and, it, and he takes you, and he uh, puts you in the fire, and he purifies you by burning off all the garbage that is attached to you, or in you and your liquid now and that liquid state is scary and it's hard because you gotta trust the lord that he's not gonna drip you all over the place um or accidentally spill you out onto the floor um and you gotta trust him that he's going to form you into the thing that he needs and that it's painful it hurts to be in the fire but it's very necessary so then he takes you out and he cools you down and he make, but he puts you in a form, and he forms you into the thing that he can use, and that might be a fork, or that might be a knife or a sword to conquer the world. But it doesn't matter because whatever he's gonna use you for, that's that's his place. He knows what he's doing, and he knows what's best for you. And that's really hard to ex accept when you're in the fire. It's quite hard. Despite the fact that your mind or your your soul can comprehend the idea that, or the the truth that the Lord is taking care of you and the Lord will never spill you or or you know misuse you, trusting that He loves you and He's taking care of you and it's gonna this is gonna be for the greater good is very like you can think that for sure, but then you're still in a state of unrest or or fear sometimes because we're just people and we're not perfect and even someone who has the entire bible memorized could still feel fear because we're just people but thankfully regardless of our fear or our feelings the lord's still watching out for us and taking care of us and no one can pluck pluck us from his hand so there's one more thing i will add before i end this podcast episode is 
over the course of this last month, something I have been taught or opened my he opened my eyes to is how do you see Jesus? How do you see your Lord? Um are you afraid of him? Are you afraid? And that's something I gotta confess is that I was afraid. One of the biggest things that I was afraid of was well obviously just dying. That I talked about that in the previous episode. And knowing that the Lord has my life, but being afraid that he would take it. And I was taught, like, how do you see him? Do you see him as a big, scary God who might take you and make you afraid and make your death, like, the worst possible? Because that's not true. The Bible teaches us to see the Lord as our our, our shepherd who lays down his life for us. And he gives us a picture and he shows us that if there was just one who who got lost or led astray, he would search until he found that sheep and he would take care of it. And the sheep know his voice. That means they're, they're close, they're friends. Not only are they friends, but this is the person who takes care of them. You know, like a, if you have a dog, yeah, a dog, not a cat. But if you have a dog, you're going to see that whoever their person is, they trust that person and they love that person and they want to be with that person and that person, they, they know that person will take care of them. And you can just see that. And so as as a Christian, do you see yourself as that little lamb, that helpless little lamb who can do nothing for themselves, but is trusting in this big, strong, loving shepherd who would lay down his life and who did lay down his life to protect you? Would you be afraid of that man? Or another picture we are given is we are the bride of Christ. We are literally the bride of Christ. Imagine a loving, kind groom who literally laid down his life and everything else, sacrificed it all just to for his bride. You are that bride. I know that's weird for a man to think that he's bride. But I think it'll make it easier to understand that someday you'll have a bride or you might have a bride so you can understand the feeling better than even a woman, possibly. But if Jesus is your groom, you think he would have anything less than the best for you? And lastly, a couple of verses later in John 15, Jesus clearly states that we are his friends. We are no longer just servants of him who is the master, but we are now friends. You know, think of your friend, your best friend, someone very close to you that you love, or friends, okay? If you had a friend that you trusted and that you love, would you be afraid of them if they had the choice to help you in life or something you know would you be afraid of them no so do not be afraid of your savior and do not see him as distant as you might he's a lot closer than we think and we can trust him and we don't have to be afraid we can rest in him he promises that his yoke is easy and his load is light and you can find rest for your soul So yeah, that's everything I have to say. Well, 
That's all I have time for anyway. <sighs> yep. That's it. I hope you guys have a good week. I will most likely be back next week with number 98. I'm getting so close to number 100. And I really wanted to do something special. But... I don't know. My plan doesn't seem to be working out. I still try to do it. Guys, if anybody even listens to this part of the podcast, will you please send me a email telling me an idea for what you would like to have done for number 100? My email is thestrangersessionspodcast at gmail.com. It's kind of a lot of words, but I had to get it like that. The Stranger Sessions Podcast at gmail.com. Please just tell me your um, ideas for my final podcast episode. All right, you guys. I hope you have a great week. Um, prayers are still appreciated. Jesus loves you, you guys. Bye.